0: So honoured to have you here and welcome you to today's conversation. So sit back, take a breath, and get ready to see the world through a new and expansive lens with me, Emma Evelyn Campbell.
1: some time with my family and mm. my little nephew so I have oh. a 15 um, month old nephew and oh, I haven't how seen exciting him in- is that from your he, sister or brother my brother my brother mm-hmm. and he's my only nephew and I haven't seen him in a few weeks so it'll be nice to like spend you know some really good oh, quality time lovely <laughs> like just build up that connection what's his name yeah. Juka, so it's a Serbian Duka. name. Juka, oh. yeah. So he he was named after my grandpa, um, mm. and that that was his nickname. So yeah, it's it's a little uh unique, especially where we live. Uh, mm. So he'll be he'll be the only Juka probably in his school. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I quite like that though. Yeah. I always. I think when I have children, I definitely will be the type of
1: person that leans towards unique and a little bit out there names. <laughs> yes. And you know, I, and the thing is, and you know, I'm sure that this will come up in our conversation, but mm. you know, I moved to the U S when I was 10 and most of my life I spent trying to like assimilate and really blend and, and, uh, be, a, be something that I really wasn't, you know? So mm. I do feel like that there's like a really big importance of having like comfort and having the confidence to own like your roots and your heritage and like you know a lot of times you know parents will say like oh why would they name their kid that you know and it's like we do so many things to make life easier right and it's like but there's nothing wrong with like standing up for something right and mm-hmm. even if it might mean like explaining a few things um and like where his name comes from you know so um it, it's a it's like a really good I think teacher to you know, teach people to not just mm. assimilate to what's easier and what's just, you know, the norm, but instead, like, just, like, owning that, like, part of you, you know?
0: Mm, so Definitely,
1: definitely. Yeah. Yeah. And it,
0: like, gives you a, <laughs> it gives an opportunity to really embrace your uniqueness as well and mm. what it is that makes you unique. Like, a name is more than just a name, a collection of words together. There's so much more depth yes. behind it.
1: Mhm. Yeah, I I agree with that and it sparks you know more intimate conversations um when you know people can ask like what is what like what what is the meaning behind it and and it kind of not always but oftentimes it might help like get rid of this kind of like small talk, right? And <laughs> we can mm-hmm. kind of get right into that that like juice of um exactly like you said, like what is the meaning mm-hmm. and where does it come from and um And yeah, and teaching people that, you know, we have all different cultures around and that that's, that should be embraced, right? Like these like Mm. differences and this like uniqueness. And hopefully that is where we're going. So. Yeah.
0: I <laughs> I feel like well, talking
1: about talking about juice,
0: let's get into to the juice of this conversation I think cuz I feel like this is going to be a really powerful one mm. for ourselves and for our listeners as well. So, if you could give a short introduction to yourself and then share what's on your heart to speak about today to share today. Mm.
1: Yeah. Well, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to start my morning with you um and just yeah, like jump into this conversation. So, a little bit about me, um you know, I well, I guess I'll start with the technical things. I call myself and an your embodiment. name, <laughs> <laughs> yes, 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 because yes. so, you have a unique name as well. <laughs> yes, I do. So my name is Nikolina Edzik, um, and I'm an embodiment, an embodiment guide, energy healer, and I like to call myself a freedom facilitator. Yeah, I and, saw that. I love that. Yes. I love that
0: title. Thank love you, it.
1: thank you, thank you. And I and I like that freedom facilitator because really, what I am passionate about and what my work is is bringing people. Into freedom, into freedom with their bodies, with their self-expression, with the way that they just like inhibit this vessel and the way that they feel it feel inside of it, the way that they speak, the way that they embody their essence. So that all really revolves around that freedom to just be who you are. And, you know, my life has brought me to that point. I always say we teach what we need the most. Oh, yeah, <laughs> And those are all the things that I've... Oh, seen. yeah. <laughs> yes, right? <laughs> um, All the things that, you know, has been a long journey and a, and a really long learning process of, of connecting back to my body. I had, you know, I struggled with confidence my whole life to the point of anytime I would speak in front of people, I would break out in hives. Like it was intense, you know? So I I know what that feels like. I know what it feels like to be so scared of, of being heard. I know what it feels like to be like, so disconnected that you're just kind of trying to mold and, and fit in somewhere, but it's like, you know killing your soul almost and and it's been a long journey and and once i kind of stepped over that threshold and found that freedom for myself i was like i want to bring this to to others. And, and I, there is, you know, I live in a small town, especially, and I think sometimes it's very much visible in small towns, right? Um, This kind of like contraction around the way that we move through the world, um, around the way that we speak with people around the way that we dress and just show up. Um, There is this like very big, pressure to just like fit in, right? And like mm-hmm. not be judged. Oh, yeah. Um, so the more I see that, the more I really step back into like this is so much needed. Um, you know, especially as a woman, like kind of breaking through these, these stories that we have just told we had to like be and inhibit. So um yes, that that's where that freedom facilitator comes in. It's like all different scopes of finding your freedom and, and doing it from a place of like really deep connection. Um, So it's not just, you know, like, it doesn't feel like it's just, you know, just, oh, let me give me the freedom. It feels like very much structured and very much like held so that you can fully embrace that. Um, So that is a little bit about I guess what what I do. (laughs) Um, I tend to go off on a little tangent. No, thank you for sharing. I think
0: through our stories, I think I saw this on on your profile, actually, or something that I was looking at to do with you about through our own stories, we empower Mm. others to find the power in their own stories. So I think it's super important that we're also given the space Mm. to share those stories without the fear of judgment from others. So thank you and yeah. i'm sure a lot of other people will now connect with you as they listen through this episode.
1: Mm, yeah, thank you. You know, that the whole the yes, telling stories is such a gift, right? And and it really brings us back to that state of vulnerability and that's another part that i really like stand for is is how can we be more vulnerable, right? And when How we share, can we be more vulnerable? Yes,
0: through your
1: yes. eyes, through your perceptions. So how, well, so my vision and i think that this is such a big beautiful thing about vulnerability is like vulnerability allows us the the opportunity to connect deeper, right? Like when we are, when we're feel comfortable in just opening up and, you know, instead of asking someone like, Hey, how's the weather? Like, what if we ask like what is your dream for this year? Or hey, can I read you something that really touched me? Right? And and this is what I imagine like these kinds of conversations happening in the grocery store and happening in waiting lines at the post office or you know whatever wherever you are. So that is like a really good start to vulnerability, right? Is like you're not necessarily going into your own story that you might still be healing or, or trying to, you know, um find comfort in, but you're just letting yourself open deeper, like beneath the surface. So many of us, we live kind of here, right, in this like mediocre state. Mm-hmm. And when we let ourselves go deeper, even just by that, by sparking a conversation that is outside the box, right? Like even that, like, hey, what's your dream for this year? Looking at someone and smiling at them and and really like making eye contact that doesn't just, you know, look away. Like, how can we learn to be comfortable to look someone in the eye for a little longer, right? Mm. Even if it is a stranger, like let's acknowledge those, those connections. Let's see strangers as these like fleeting you know, portals of wisdom and connection. So that is like a, you know, my first invitation into vulnerability. And then the second invitation is to start to feel and know that your story has a place because Mm -hmm. we all go through so many similar things and yet we all try to hide it. So all of us are kind of walking around feeling like we're the only ones that this is happening to. And yet if we looked around, probably most of our neighbors are experiencing the same things. So if when we start to share these stories and when we start to normalize, or I like to say humanize the human experience,
0: mm. we
1: connect so much deeper through that vulnerability.
0: Mm. I really love that. And I love that, that quote that you said there about the the portal to wisdom or something. I thought that was super yeah. beautiful. And as a way of describing this, what do you think are, some of the blocks that people experience to allowing this mm. this deeper access to vulnerability not just with themselves but also with others.
1: Yeah, that's a great question and once again this is such a human experience, right? Like and this is why I love to talk about like this like self-expression and and embodying who you truly are because that when we do that we really get to access the human experience and and we get to Amplify it because I think the biggest block is that we're afraid we're afraid of what will they think of me and also we haven't really been taught to hold vulnerability so a lot of times you know as the receiver I don't want someone to be vulnerable with me because I don't know what to say right we're so concerned about like when someone cries for example you know it's like oh don't cry because it makes me uncomfortable. Right. Like, so I, I believe that there is this is this like block. Um, and then also, I think that we we just try to fit in this box of normality, you know, quote unquote, I put that in quotes because, <laughs> you know, um, when we think of imagine now someone coming up to you in a, in a waiting line and and instead of saying, you know, I don't know. I like your purse. They say, like, hey, something really touched me, and I would love to read it to you. It's a few sentences. Are you open to receiving it? that receiving person probably be like wow I've never heard that before (laughs) um and
0: (laughs) alarm bells going off in their nervous system (laughs) exactly
1: exactly because it kind of comes outside of this like normality so so many of us are really trying hard to to fit into that box of what normal is let me just wear you know what's what's easiest so that I fit in let me not put on this funky hat because then people will look at me let me just stay in my normality lane and and we feel comfortable there and it doesn't mean that it's you know comfort don't confuse comfort with like what's real and and you know what's what like what should be right because mm-hmm. we can get comfortable you know let's even take for example unhealthy relationships can become comfortable right? It doesn't make them okay. So sometimes we confuse comfort with, hey, this is comfortable, so this is the way it should be. And that's not true, right? So I feel that that comfort is the biggest obstacle in so much of our human experience, even when it comes to, you know, this um, podcasting is limitless, right? Even when, and then when I when I think of that, I think of, you um, I really think of like going after your dreams, right? And comfort mm-hmm. will also hinder that. So I think as as a humanity, if we can just learn to little by little step outside of those comfort zones, that that's where that like full spectrum life force really lives, you know? Mm-hmm.
0: I love that and resonate with that so much. Yeah. For people, this is obviously a very unique experience, but what is that pathway to... Moving outside of what we feel is the box that's been limiting us Mm. and the comfort zone that's been keeping us away from going after our dreams. What is that pathway to begin to take those steps? Mm -hmm. Because it can feel super daunting. I mean, I've been there, I'm
1: still going on that journey. So, absolutely. And I think it's a, it's really like a lifelong journey. It's never like you just like, you know what, I stepped over the edge and here I've arrived. (laughs) There's many, many edges. (laughs) Yes. Yes. And everything, you know, nothing is linear. I, I explained even the embodiment process. It's like a continuous cycle. It's a circle that, you know, you, you receive information, then you go into the integration, you integrate it, and then you, you embody it. And then at that new level of embodiment, you reach new information. So you're back in this consistent mm. circle, right? That goes all different directions. And that is really how it works with, with everything, with stepping outside of your comfort, with learning new things, with embodying new things, With because at every point there's feedback. Um, there's feedback into where do you need to integrate deeper? Like what pieces you haven't really fully sank in with or sat with, and maybe you have, but now they like need a little bit more refining. So when it comes to, you know, the path of stepping outside of your comfort zone, yes, you're right. It's going to, it might look different for everyone, but I think the first step and just for so many things is having the awareness and, and really stepping outside of this autopilot mode. Because when we look at our lives, so much is run on autopilot. So if you just bring more awareness into your existence, into the way that you do things, into the way that you pour your coffee, into the way that like, what what do you think about when you drink your first glass of, of water? Like bringing awareness into your life so that you can really notice what you're feeling and what you're missing, right? Because we're all very much different. For some people, they love to be, you know, they they might have never left their city or their state or their country, and they are very much happy and thriving in that. There is no right or wrong way. You know, in my personal story, I'm an avid traveler. I've been to over 70 countries, and I've always strived for that. So we can't compare our stories as like, you know, they're right or I'm wrong or vice versa. Mm -hmm. Instead, it's like having the awareness to know what do you feel? What do you want? Not because, you know, your, your parents said, not because, you know, your friend's parents think that, you know, you're weird or crazy, but like, what do you want? And I'll just share, if you don't mind, like a, a little of bit of course. my story of to course. kind of reiterate that. Um, but like I said, I've always had this like traveling, wandering heart, and I'm a double Sagittarius, so it is in my. <laughs> <laughs> it is in my it's in double the stars. Sagittarius. I love that so much fire. <laughs> yes, yes. So it is in the stars for me, and I remember, like I said, I grew up in a small town, and I did all the all the things that you know. People do. I got great grades. I went to college. I was on, you know, the dance team, all these different things. And then, you know, I, I got a good degree. I graduated with honors, like all the things. And as I you know, finished college and I sat down and was thinking about like, OK, it's time to start applying for jobs. I was like, this isn't for me. Like, it sounds great. You know, all my friends were excited and, you know, stepping into their careers and finding their forever homes, And for me, that was giving me so much contraction, like, no, 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 right? And um, so I was like, okay, how can I be paid to travel? Like, I just got out of college, I was in all this debt, Mm -hmm. I couldn't just pick up and go. And that's where I found um, a flight attendant position and I became a flight attendant. And, you know, for many, that seemed like such a contrary step back. Like, here I am with a college degree, you know, great grades, I have this like, you know, as people like to say the whole future in front of you, <laughs> um, right? Like all these opportunities and here I am moving across the world to become a flight attendant, right? And for many that seem like she, what is she doing, right? Like she's going to ruin her future and, and all of these things, right? Because once I, when, once I finish my, career as a flight attendant, all my now classmates were really ahead in their careers, right? Like they weren't at that beginning level. But that's where that awareness came in of, but what's right for me? It would have been so easy to cave and to just be like, you know what, everyone else is doing it. So I guess I'll just make peace with it, right? Of like, Uh, let me also find my forever home and let me, you know, go into this career that I don't necessarily want. And instead, like having that courageousness to just even own up to what you're feeling. Maybe you don't take the steps right away, but let's at least get clear and, and have the audacity to meet yourself in grace, not from a place of judgment, but really from a place of opportunity and grace of this is who I am. And this is what my heart is asking for. And I think that that's that first step. And then from there it's like slowly strengthening the muscle to start to follow those steps in, you know, whatever way that that really feels safe in your body.
0: Mm, I love that. Opportunity and grace. I think that's such a beautiful way to kind of describe that that whole path and what I'm hearing mm. in that is the importance to go to your own guidance first. To trust mm-hmm. your own guidance first to lead you on this journey.
1: Yeah. Oh my gosh, so much so. Like you know, I I talk about intuition a lot actually, and and for many that kind of seems like this. Like oh, you know, we we kind of overlook that. Um. And and the truth is, like in our intuition, it's almost like connecting us to the unknown, right? Like our mind it works in limited capacity because it really functions on what it knows. Um. The mind knows that you know. Uh, this this is where the grocery store is. So if I think about going to the grocery store, my mind is going to drive me there. (laughs) But if I connect to my intuition, and this is maybe a silly example, but if I connect to my intuition, it's really opening up the universe. It's saying like, Hey, open the door. I can't tell you what's on the other side, but if you open it, it's going to be magic. And it's like, how can we trust that? And, and yes, like really you know, if we even think about, I like to decode the way that we function. And if we think about why do we lack so much self-trust, it really comes back down to, once again, we've never been taught from the very, very beginning. When something is wrong with us, we tell, you know, we go outside of ourselves to seek the answers, mm-hmm. right? Like what if we learned instead to kind of tune in and and notice so much of the time when I had got a headache, If I just pause and I like, even sometimes close my eyes and think back to, okay, why, you know, it's maybe dehydration. Maybe, you know, um, I stayed up too late, right? Like, there, I know the answer if I just let myself have it and trust it. So, once again, like relearning to come back to our own essence for our answers, because that is something that we've been missing. We've never been Mm -hmm. taught, like, hey, what do you feel? What do you think? Like, what is your heart saying? What is your body saying? What is your womb saying? What, you know, it's been like, hey, let's go somewhere so you can find the answers from somebody else. And that is where a lot of that self, like lack of self-trust stems from.
0: Mm, I totally agree with you on that,
1: especially in our industry,
0: there's lots of voices out there. And in any industry, there's lots of voices out there. So learning mm, to cultivate mm. first, that self-trust can help you navigate this path in, in such a clearer way. And I was wondering your perspective on the concept of that. how are we differentiating between what is our intuition and mm. what is the voice of the parts of us who have experienced trauma? the parts of us who have gone through Mm -hmm. challenges and difficult times, how are we differentiating between who's guiding us in those moments?
1: Yeah. Oh, that's such a potent question. Absolutely. Because trauma and, you know, stress and it all lives in the body. So sometimes, you know, there is this saying of like, the body always knows and I, and I do a lot of somatic, um, experiencing and and somatic based work. So I, I, there's a big part of me that really trusts in that. Like, yes, the body, the body does know. However, sometimes the body responds from the trauma pieces, Mm -hmm. right? So like, let me just give an example, say that, you know, as a child, um, you know, you were, I don't want to I'm my mind is going to like something that I don't want to go into. But um, Mm -hmm. yeah, let's say you had a bad experience, right with a neighbor. And you know, now years later, now years later, um, you meet someone. Who maybe has similarities to that neighbor, right? Like maybe they have a similar accent, or maybe they have a share a same name, or whatever. There's similarities, so right away your body might be like, "I don't like that person" because it's it's uh, affiliating it with your mm-hmm. experience of who that person reminds you of, and this happens in so many ways of like projection, right? Like what's coming through is is projection. A lot of times we do project what we're feeling or what we're uncertain of onto others so how to differentiate between like is it really my intuition or am i just you know projecting or am i acting from a place of trauma is once again to have awareness and to give Mm. yourself time so to give yourself time to analyze and i think that time and giving yourself space is such a crucial part to any self-development work because if we're just going, you know, on, on our day, day to day activities, and things happen, and we don't give time to process, we will never know, right? It will just kind of be there, and it's going to keep soaking into the body. So if you give yourself time to process and and analyze and refine what's happening, and maybe even do some practices, you will get to the core truth right of like mm-hmm. mm, yeah this is you know this is why this happened and this is why that happened um and yeah and just to go into the projection piece a little bit of this is a little bit off you know now uh going sideways and mm-hmm. take it wherever you want to take it <laughs> wherever it's supposed to go yes. it will go. <laughs> well yes and that's a big big part of you know self-expression as well. And and everything that we've talked about until now is we are afraid to speak in these ways because we're projecting sometimes onto ourselves, right? I remember when I first started this journey and I kept, and I was still judging myself. Um, Every time I would put something out there and I do a lot of movement-based work, um, I was actually judging myself. So I was projecting others judging me. I was like, oh, I'm sure that they're judging me, right? And then I had to sit (laughs) with that and come back and like, why is that my first assumption? And it was because I was still judging me. So really being aware and once again crafting time and space to sit with your soul. Um, you know, same thing. I remember when and I've had, you know, some sexual trauma as, as a child. Mm-hmm. And I Oh yeah, same thing. Yeah. And it's and it's mm-hmm. once again, like this is where we talk about vulnerability, right? Like let, what if we talked a little bit more about that so that we feel held and seen, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I remember when, you know, I kept seeing you know, sensual um, people and people who were really like tapped into their sexuality, I was so triggered. And I was Mm -hmm. like, unfollow, unfollow, unfollow. And then once again, once I did that, this is like where you kind of learn to really like live in awareness. I sat back and I was like, huh, I wonder why I did that. Like, let me, let me get down to the answers. Right. And what I realized is they triggered me because that was a part of myself that I hadn't yet explored, right? Mm-hmm. So, so this is where you know a lot of times we project what actually we're feeling. It's not about that other person most of the time. Um, so that's a really good thing to think about <laughs> and notice. Mm-hmm. And notice mm-hmm. if you if you have those patterns. Um, mm-hmm. I think just like you said, just
0: noticing and then that curiosity to play within. What are those patterns actually trying to show me about what's going on within myself? And cultivating that awareness to look at them without that judgment. I think mm-hmm. that's a thing where I say this because this is a big part of my experience where we trip up because we judge ourselves in those moments when those things come to surface. Mm-hmm. They come to the surface to be seen by us. How do we practice that non-judgment for those mm-hmm. parts of ourselves that feel like the most hardest parts not to judge
1: yeah, isn't that a great question? and And it's such a good topic because once again, we think about like, why do we judge them? Like, what kind of things do we judge? And if we really decode it, it's the learned learned experiences. you know, as kids, we're just so wild and free. And then we kind of learn, you know, you shouldn't be allowed. And you know, when you're here, you should have your hair put back, right? So what kind of things do we judge in ourselves? It's the things that we've learned are not okay or not acceptable. And I think when we really decode that and when we really kind of, you know, sit with that, we realize that those parts of ourselves that we judge are just human. They're very much human. You know, it's even like things like that we think like, you know, jealousy, like oh, if I'm jealous and I'm judging that or you know, even if I have like selfish tendencies, right? So my advice is to decode the energetics of those words. For example, if you're jealous, what is like, what is the energy of jealous? It's like, I feel like I'm not seen. It's, you know, I, I feel like that I have to compete with maybe someone or something. So if we start to really look behind the energetics of these words, we're going to really understand what, what are we really sitting with? Like jealousy is like this kind of like umbrella term, but underneath all that, there is so many more layers that really uncover like what exactly is it for you, right? And, um, and, and instead of judging it, like understanding it, understanding and realizing it's such a normal human experience. A lot of times it comes from what we lacked as, you know, whether children or, you know, as we grew up, what some of our biggest hurdles were in life. So when we understand that and we realize that it's a human experience, and when we bring in vulnerability and we start to open up and see that probably everyone around us experiences these different things to certain extents, there isn't anything to judge. It's really all an opportunity of, okay, now that I have this awareness, now that I know, now that I own up to, you know, the things that are within me with grace, where do I go from here, and how can I now calibrate to that level of person that I want to be and that I am becoming, and that I know I'm capable of being? So, using all of that as like portals of opportunity, um, mm-hmm. yeah.
0: I love that, <laughs> and I love this 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 concept as well of just these these dark elements of us are hold the seeds to the things that we really want in mm. our life, the pain, mm. our greatest power, if we allow ourselves to just dip ourselves into, like take dip your toes in first and then fully emerge yourself in it and then through that process mm. accepting yourself, loving yourself and then moving into these parts where you can begin to express yourself in such new and creative ways because there's no longer this kind of attachment to I have to be this way because if I'm not that way then I'll be judged for being different what do you mm-hmm. think in terms of when this when it starts to happen when we want to start to express ourselves more mm-hmm. we want to show up, and I feel like expression is quite multi-dimensional there's so many different aspects and parts of us right that want to come out how can we express ourselves not only in a safe way but also in a way that so we're not keeping attaching our identity to these expressions, right? Because mm. we're still that person who's observing ourselves expressing. Mm-hmm. How do you feel like we can show up that without that attachment to those expressions, if that makes sense?
1: Yeah, that does. That does make a lot of sense, and. Oh yeah, that's, that's a good, good question. That's going to probably lead off into a little conversation. Mm -hmm. So (laughs) So if I, if I get off track, um, you know, just bring bring me back. There's no
0: such thing as off track. It goes where it's supposed to. (laughs) Yeah.
1: But this is such a good question. And, and what I want to, what's coming through, what I want to open up with is, you know, the, the level of like, when I first experienced like freedom, it was when I moved. So I moved to Dubai and I lived there for four years and that was right after college and i remember getting there and just feeling like oh my gosh like i can be whoever i want like nobody here knows my story i can just like literally craft my identity i can just show up as i want to be and the 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 truth is a lot of times this when what holds us back from like Accessing our expression is because we are afraid of changing. We're afraid of letting go of what others think of us. So for example, if someone has thought, you know, well, Nicolina is a little shy. And all of a sudden I'm like, well, I don't want to be shy anymore, right? I'm attached to not what I feel and what I believe and what I want. I'm attached to what others think of me, right? Like there is that identity there that has been crafted by you know, whoever, and I willingly stepped into it. And now not that I want to change it, or I want to amplify it, or whatever, it's scary, because it's like, I'm attached to that. And that's why a lot of times, you know, when people do change, their friends are like, Oh, well, you've changed. And you and I've done this, and I almost tried to fight to be like, No, I haven't. (laughs) Mm. Right. So there's like this fear of losing that part of identity, because it's like, if I don't have that, then what do I have? So letting go, you know, when we live in awareness, it's not necessarily of continuous, like, you know, I can't do this or it it doesn't necessarily mean it's attachment. It just means of like noticing, noticing the process, being connected to your body. Like, for example, you know, let's say you're in a situation and you start to really shallow breathe. That is feedback, right? Like, why? Hmm. What is and And not necessarily like, attaching to it but just receiving it as feedback okay there's parts of you know the situation that still trigger me they still trigger a certain response and you know and this is how my freedom story had had began like i said firstly experiencing freedom in dubai and i noticed when i would travel every time i went to a new country i was like freedom And then what I realized when I came back into, you know, the places that people knew me in the hometowns where I grew up in, I would contract back into the version of me that I was. And that's where I realized that, you know, freedom can oftentimes become circumstantial. And Mm -hmm. for me, that's what it was, right? Like it was very much circumstantial of, I feel free when I go to a new place and no one knew me. But then when I came back, I kind of like, contracted because I there was like this judgment and this fear. And how do I show up in these new ways now in this space that I haven't let myself go to before? So this has been the biggest part of my work and the biggest part of what I guide others through. It's like, how can we experience freedom that isn't circumstantial, right? Mm-hmm. And that, once again, really comes from knowing who you are and, and feeling yourself so deeply. And this takes a lot of practice and a lot of time to really just be like you know what this is who I am and we're so afraid of being judged and the truth is people are going to judge us no matter what <laughs> you know there even if there's there's no single person that someone doesn't like like no guru no teacher no you know There's always someone that's going to say something about them that, you know, in a negative way. And one of the biggest teachers for me was to ask myself, Nicolina, when you're on your deathbed and you're looking back on your life, who would you have rather been? What decisions would you have regretted more? Like in which ways will you be proud of showing up? And so when we talk about, you know, like stepping outside of that circumstantial freedom, it really comes down to that. Like, it's gonna be scary at first, but it's gonna be so worth it. And, you know, so much of the time, I think also realizing that we live for the people that we first of all would trade places with and the people that oftentimes don't, we don't necessarily have a deep connection to. So we let, you know, certain people inhibit our expression and our freedom and, and feeling so alive And instead, if we let ourselves have that, we activate all the other people, too. Um, You know, one of the examples that's coming through is like and I've given this before, but it's like I remember when skinny jeans started to become popular and not everyone wears the new trend right away. Right. Mm -hmm. Like it's it's the brave few people who are willing to show up and then slowly, slowly it trickles. And now all of a sudden everybody's wearing skinny jeans. But let's talk about what if that was the case with self-expression, the case mm. with your freedom, the case with vulnerability, um, with your confidence, with your like just being outspoken, it will start to trickle. So when we really like look at this from a zoomed out lens and, and detach from from what we're feeling and what we're afraid of, but look at it from a big picture, it really shines light on like, okay, I'm going to do this.
0: <laughs> mm. How empowering is that? Mm.
1: How empowering is that? Because you're
0: looking at yourself. And what I'm hearing in that is the importance of first, really internally feeling all of the experience that you want to experience in the physical and the outside world, Mm -hmm. generating them within yourself first, and then obviously allowing that to just naturally flow into your reality.
1: Hmm. Yeah, and the truth is, we all want that, right? Like we all want to be expressed and free. Because the thing is, when we might not notice it, because we're we become experts at numbing, um, (laughs) right? So, not the numbing sensation has become normal for for so many of us, right? So we don't necessarily notice that. That's a part of the way that we show up and once again this is where you know without attachment you just like start to notice um and and even like little things we we numb with like being distracted non-stop i live in the us so there's this like very much you know culture of go 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 but when we're in that mentality you're always distracted right like you're in a waiting line and instead of just like breathing and softening your shoulders, like straightening out your posture, like practicing these, you know, things instead it's like, well, let me, you know, quickly respond to this email while I'm in the waiting line. Like, let me, you know, like, um, stop time almost. So, and then in the reality, we all want to be confident and relaxed and, and open, but we numb it. So exactly like if you know when when you've really when you're like if you're listening and you're like I resonate with this and I want to be that person like for me and my family and everyone around me let it start with you and let mm-hmm. it start with little simple things. I love simplicity because you know I, I studied yoga in India and my te- and I the my teacher was amazing and there's so many teachings that still come through from him and he said you know where we go wrong is we're like okay I'm going to do it all. I'm going to start eating healthy. I'm going to start waking up early. I'm going to start running. Yeah. Uh, you know, I'm going to start reading a chapter every day and these like unrealistic goals that we literally set ourselves up for failure and then nothing happens. And I love to teach people and and to encourage simplicity. Start mm. with Everyone goes, well, now maybe not so much we get groceries delivered, but you know, everyone has (laughs) traffic, let's say. Let's say you're in traffic. Instead of, you know, getting really upset and swearing and, you know, shallowing your breathing, see that as an opportunity of, hey, I'm gifted a few minutes to really like belly breathe. Hey, I'm gifted a few minutes to to just notice the sensations in my body, right? Like that is simplicity, noticing little things. What if you woke up? three minutes early even, so that you had time to actually notice the way that you prepare your breakfast, right? To actually do it with more intention. And when you start to incorporate simplicity, and you start to really think of of all of the everything that we've talked about in this like simple way, it becomes so much easier to grasp, you will start to do it, even if you just implement one thing, and it will feed into everything in your life and then when you get really good at that one thing you actually build a solid foundation now from this one thing okay let me add on a new thing Mm -hmm. and and that is at least in my case has also been you know the transformation because it's easy to transform when you know I lived in an ashram for two months and I didn't have a phone and I was literally just there meditating and doing yoga and then I came back into real life, and I really had to realize that, okay, simplicity is key. I'm not going to spend 10 hours meditating and doing yoga. That's not possible anymore. Mm-hmm. But how can I take those teachings at least a little bit? Like How can I bring them into my life? So even if it means breathing for five minutes. So that is... Um, Something I wanted to share and I think I got totally mm, off topic now. But... <laughs> no, no, no.
0: Like I said, it's just everything that comes through is just what's supposed to. Like we're just vehicles for higher consciousness, aren't we? At the end of the day. So whatever that wants to kind of work through. And I wanted to to tap into something you said about simplicity. Through your perception, do you do you feel that intentional simplicity is a key to happiness, to really mm. having
1: joy in our lives? Hmm. I do. Absolutely. Mm-hmm. Especially because so much of the time we are searching for something like, I want to hear something that I've never heard before. I want to hear something that's going to blow my mind. Right. And, <laughs> and when we hear something such like this simple, even, you know, let's even talk about fitness. So we don't even have to talk about these conversations. Right. But say that, you know, a, a trainer is like, Hey, you know, Fitness is 80% your diet like Eat really clean, you know, clean up this and and our human mind is like, mm, that seems too easy. I don't want that. <laughs> right? Like we want these like weird, crazy things mm. that 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 our mind feeds into being like, this is the answer. The crazier and the more out there it is. Like that's the key. Can't be simple, right? You're and- reflecting
0: back one of my biggest patterns right now. <laughs>
1: really? Oh,
0: there we go. I love it.
1: I love it. Yeah and and it's so true and i've been there too i've been there yeah. like i just i need more knowledge i need more inspiration i need da, 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 da. i need to dig deeper and then literally everything comes back to simplicity and to. and when we let ourselves trust in that it's it, our life becomes so much like more fulfilled Right, like, and and being a person and like, and I, I'd love to hear about your experience and where mm. that's mirroring in your life. Mm. But that's exactly where I was where I was at, too. Instead of, you know, now, sometimes I'll just like, I'll go for a walk. And my walk serves as, you know, space for clarity, a space of, you know, cleansing, all of it. And before it was like i have to do these crazy rituals i have to set everything yeah. up yeah this was you know? this was
0: me yeah yeah <laughs> i've just started to transition recently for example my meditation practice which has been a huge part of self regulation and connection for myself obviously we mm-hmm. all have our own unique things that we use and we utilize in our day-to-day lives to connect to ourselves mm-hmm. but i used to you know set up the place like have the the incense have the angel cards have the journal ready have the table with crystals all over yep. ring my <laughs> bell then i would start mm-hmm. and i and i got to the point and i was realizing how i was controlling the magic oh, that yeah. wanted to flow through me and what you're saying there is beautiful and what you're saying there is just when I removed all of that and I just sat on my chair and I just meditated when I rolled out of bed yeah it was so much more powerful and potent so much more and that's not to say you can't have these things to bring in Absolutely. when you feel called to like sometimes you might want to have a little play with your crystals or connect with your angel cards or whatever it is that you feel called to use in your practices. Mm -hmm. There might be moments of that, but it's like we kind of touched in earlier. It's not the attachment to those things on the external. It's how am I cultivating this within myself so that if all of those things dropped out of my life, if all of those things I was in a place Mm -hmm. that I could not use, then I can still trust myself. I can still lean into that power within me.
1: Yes. Oh, I love that. And I love that you shared. Thank you. (laughs) And it's so true. And then not only that, but um, having those like more complex processes. Like if you, Mm -hmm. you know, and as entrepreneurs, we have a little bit more of time and freedom to craft our schedules, right? So we have that gift of perhaps maybe having more time for those kinds of rituals. But I always, you know, think about the people that maybe work from, I don't know, eight to five. Right. So mm. if you believe that your meditation practice has to be so complex with all of these things and it has to be hours long and it has to you're never going to actually do it. Right. Mm. So if what if instead your meditation practice was literally starting with five minutes of just stillness? And I don't know for you, but for me, a lot of times the the complexity was a distraction. I would also, you know, like get all the things. And then I, instead of just like doing the work, I kept getting deeper distracted. I love to read. I, you know, love books. So I love to open like certain books and like read a little bit. And and sometimes that becomes a distraction of, oh, I just need more. I need more. Mm-hmm. And I never actually just sit down distraction free to do the work. So noticing where you're distracting yourself from the, from the bigger picture of what you're doing.
0: Mm, what part of us do you think within us wants to distract itself from doing the
1: work? Mm, yeah. Oh, I love I love your follow up questions because um, the the distraction most of the time comes from from like avoidance, right? Mm. Like we want to avoid something. Um, we and and also because we have been like once again i don't want to say like trained but we've we've learned to consistently go 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 we mm. we like we almost we know how to function on distraction so when we don't have distraction we almost feel like oh, what now because when we function in distraction we are so disconnected from what we're what's happening mm. but when we remove the distractions and we just like sit here we're literally sitting with everything, our magic and our shadow and what, what we want and what we don't have. And it's like all of it there. So I believe that, you know, the part of us that wants to secretly like distract is the part that is either running from something. Is not ready to sit with the truth is still trying to numb or just hasn't really practiced being in this state Um, because, you know, same thing, like, this can go so many ways, but, but it, when you first remove distractions, if you're someone that's been distracted in your body and in your soul and your mind, you know, the majority of your life, when you remove that, you're going to feel lost. So you almost feel like something is wrong, right? Mm -hmm. It's kind of like that. What's the word I'm looking for. But you know, like um, when you stop drinking caffeine, like withdraw, withdrawal, Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, So once again, like, can you be brave and courageous enough to meet yourself in grace? So no judgment. Um, You know, I always, I like to use the caffeine example because I, I'm, my culture is half Serbian, half Croatian, and we have a huge coffee culture. Like coffee Mm -hmm. is a part of life. So (laughs) I adore coffee. And, um, and this is where, you know, so many times I was like, oh, I should give it up and drink more teas.
0: Should again. That uh, should. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Yes. And this is where I get to meet myself in grace and be like, you know what, this is something that I love. This is something that brings me back to my like, I feel like, you know, connected and it's a part of my day and it's a ritual. Um, but meeting myself in grace in that, right? And that's where when you have those withdrawals, when you're removing the distractions, you can really like, okay. Let's not judge. Let's meet yourself in grace. And then from here, there is opportunity. Right. So now I have a beautiful ritual around my coffee. I drink a cup a day. I don't drink, you know, seven. <laughs> um, so and that that's like the spaces of opportunity of, OK, how can I make this work for me? Right. So mm-hmm. um, and, yeah, and then it comes down to balance as well.
0: <laughs> I, got, I got distracted at the end of that thinking of a double Sagittarius on seven cups of coffee. I oh. thinking, whoa, like that would be <laughs> – <Yes, laughs> the intensity yes. of that power coming through would be pretty insane. Mm. I, I kind of want to tap into that distraction thing in a, in a little bit of a different direction. Yeah. I feel like it. it would be really – beneficial for some people to hear into and for ourselves to kind of jump into a little bit as well around how how prominent this is in self-pleasure and in Mm. connecting people through sex through through orgasm how easy it is to distract ourselves in those moments especially if we're someone who's experienced sexual trauma or someone Mm. who has and sexual trauma does not have to be just this big event that we might associate directly with sexual trauma. Mm-hmm. It can just be you slept with a partner and they weren't being attentive to your needs. Mm-hmm. Like, that is also sexual trauma. So what do we, what do we do in those cases where we feel that distraction coming on in those moments where mm-hmm. we're in that self-pleasure or connected with a partner?
1: Yeah. And I'm going to give you a simple answer that once again, coming back to, I know many people will be like, that won't work right Mm -hmm. (laughs) and it really comes to your breath Mm -hmm. and 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 i know because i've been through these stages myself right and 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 feeling first like oh i need something more intense i need something more complex my breath won't help me and the truth is the breath is is what dictates like the way that you live. Right. So if we're in those moments and we're starting to get distracted and and you're right, like there is so many distractions happening in those um, in that circumstance and that situation. And a lot of it also comes down to like the way that we look. Right. Um, especially for women and women identifying beings. It really comes down to, you know are they liking the way I look? Am I sounding the right way? (laughs) Like there's so many little like nuances that we try to mirror. And we try to mirror that from what we've seen, what we've heard, what we think, you know, sexy or or, um, desirable is. What porn has told us looks like sex, yeah. Exactly. And all of that, really what it's all doing, it's distracting us from our wildness. Like at the Mm. core of our being, we are a wild wild animals, right? Like we are wild. We know what we want. We, our body guides the whole experience. And when we are distracted by all these things, we really, we let go of the wildness and we come back into this like numb, um, like kind of, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Crafted experience. So in the moment, if it's happening for you in the moment, you're not going to be like, Oh, hold on. Well, you can, but like, you know, you're not going to go and sit in meditation, right. Or, or do a process. <laughs> so in the moment, your breath is your biggest guide and, and really just like sinking in and noticing, maybe you even start to like gently count your breath. Maybe you just feel your belly gently expand. Um, and then with that breath, you might like guide your body into a relaxation, right. With every exhale, you start to, okay, like, let me like sink. Let me relax my shoulders. Right. So like using your breath in the moment. And then if you notice, if you're someone that this has happened to many times or it's a pattern that happens, this is where work has to happen outside of that situation. Mm -hmm. And that is where, you know, you're going to have to or have to, but I invite you to really like access this piece uh, and like mirror work is a great great tool to really see your body as a teammate and to and to um reconnect to your body in a way of we're in this together so mm. many of us right we see our body as an opponent like you, you know, your, your is too soft, or I don't know, like your breasts are too large or too small, or whatever it might be. And it's like, we try to, we see it as an opponent that we're like, kind of fighting against. And what if instead, we started to work on seeing our body as our teammate, and seeing our body as as this beautiful, like, almost like a partner that we get to connect with. And when we start to do that work outside of, you know, Intimate experiences that will slowly translate. Um, as someone that has had, like I said, confidence issues my whole life in every single situation. Um, I've been through so many of these situations, like with my own self, with friends, with family, with partners, with strangers, right? And it didn't start to translate until I really just started to sit with who I was and get comfortable in my body and know that even right now, you know, and like many people probably, you know, through the pandemic, um, their body has shaped, like shifted and, and maybe shaped and maybe there's extra curves, or whatever it might be. But how can we see that as still this beautiful body that allows us Mm -hmm. to feel pleasure and allows us to walk and taste and touch. And, and that translates later into everything. So the work I really feel like is is outside of those moments, and that's like sitting with you and getting comfortable with your body, and maybe even experiencing like some non sexual self touch. Right. So oftentimes, like you might have even seen me doing in this conversation, mm-hmm. like oftentimes I'll put my be- my hands on my mm-hmm. on my chest, like on my belly, just like as like mm-hmm. a sign of re acknowledgement. Like I'm here for you. I hear you. Like and mm-hmm. this exact is, this is such a good tool as well when you are in moments it's of so discomfort. Exciting yeah to be like yep okay i see you you're afraid don't worry we got this so there once again these simple simple things but the the work is going to take time right to really tap into your confidence and unlock this like level of self-assurance not from a place of ego but from a place of this is who i am and i stand rooted in that
0: oh that was so powerful And just, Mm. it's that patience, isn't it? It's that patience to let yourself naturally unfold. There's no force that is needed. And when force is applied, it doesn't come out in a way that it's supposed to. And that's when we start Mm -hmm. to feel this resistance and this disassociation with the self that's showing up through us. And But when we're connected, Mm -hmm. when we're slowing it, allowing it to
1: happen naturally, we do it in a much more connected and grounded way as well. Yeah. Yes, yes, yes. I love I love that. And if we just think about, imagine if we just let things happen naturally all the time, like if the bodies mm-hmm. led the way, the bodies know what to do. The bodies know how to breathe. The bodies know, you know, how to experience pleasure. They know like how to let sounds out, right? So if we just really tap back into that a little bit and let go of this like perceived notion of, of what it's meant to sound like, and we really start to decode, and I I use that word so often today, but it it's really coming like mm-hmm. through so potently in the sense. I of, love that word. Yeah. Yeah. Like if we think about where do we learn our perceptions of what you know sex or intimacy should look like, and if we then step back and examine that situation, that situation was so um what's the, like orchestrated, right? It, it's it's fake. So what if instead of holding on to that, we really came back to our bodies of like. What's natural for me and in operating from there. And that's where magic really is, because when you let yourself operate from your truth and and what's really there, that's where you're going to experience the most levels of like life force. Mm -hmm. And also the most we talk about pain here as well, like you're going to experience pain more deeply because you're letting go of the numbing. So you're going to experience the low lows, but also Mm. the highest of highs. And then you're getting away from this kind of mediocre line and you're living more like Mm. up here. And that also means down too.
0: And I think like that pain just shows us how alive we are. So isn't that Mm. just an incredible opportunity to be with that and find the blessings and the learnings that it has to teach us through the. Permission that we give ourselves to move through it and actually feel what what comes up.
1: Hmm. Yeah. As you were saying that, it reminded me once again. Um, Krishna is my um, is my yoga teacher, and he would always say how yes, like we are so coded for pleasure all the time. Like we strive for pleasure and there's nothing wrong with pleasure. I'm all about it. Like, heck yes. (laughs) Right. Like, um, but at the same time, sometimes what we can trick ourselves into, this is where like really having discernment in everything um, is so important because we can sometimes trick ourselves into not processing our pain, because we are addicted to pleasure. Um, So Mm -hmm. absolutely, like pain is a portal as well. And all emotions are a part of the human experience. And they're only I feel like emotions are only bad when we don't give them the space to transmute into what Mm -hmm. they should be. Right? Like if we if we have anger or sadness, and we don't actually give it time to process if we don't actually you know, let that transmute into potency, that's when that anger and sadness goes into something deeper. That's when, you know, anger can become violent, right? Mm. But at the original onset, like, it's just communicating, it's feedback to what's like, what's, you know, what's arousing you, what what you're passionate about, like, what's, like, where the annoyance is, right? So if we just welcomed our emotions, instead of trying to suppress them, we could transmute them, like, you know like like that um the su- the suppressing is where we get into trouble
0: mm, and that's where that suffering of prolonged pain ends up happening for us because we're, we're we're stuck in it because we're not allowing it to move through it wants to move through it needs yes. to move through its energy that's asking to to be felt and to be to be released through our system and to be seen as well yeah. um this has been such a potent conversation like mm. such a potent conversation yeah. and i just I really connected in and really just want to honour the wisdom that you shared in that because I feel like mm. it's something that is opening up right now, this really, this importance to be vulnerable and to be seen in, in our pain and mm-hmm. in our pleasure at the same time and to express not from a place of ego but to express from a place of just being who we are and mm-hmm. owning who we are.
1: What, what does that look like for you right yeah. now in your life? What does Ooh, that look like? For you? Yeah, that's you know such a such a good question. And for me it looks like Really going into the next level. So like I said, the embodiment journey is such, a, is such a cycle. And this was so transparent for me. Last year, I go back to my home country, usually every summer. And I, I went there last year with like this feeling of I'm so embodied, like all the things. <laughs> and then I got there and I was like, oh, I froze because all of a sudden it was like, how do I communicate what I do and what I stand for? In this, like, it is my you know it is my native language but at the same time it's like when these words don't necessarily exist in the context of this language if that makes sense yeah. so so i froze and i just kind of fell back into the patterning of like like I said, fitting in, right? So for me, and and once again, and this is where you know this is a, a, a my own example of where we get to meet ourselves in grace and as feedback. So um, there was a part of me right away that's like, oh my gosh, I am a hypocrite. How can I be leading people and helping them when this is happening to me, right? Because we're so fast to judge that, and instead I was like, no, this is beautiful feedback. Of mm. where am I not? Where's where still do I lack a little bit of? of this certainty and 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 having that understanding I was like okay this is giving me feedback into what probably my clients other people experience too so my next level and my next dimension is to i'm going again this summer <laughs> um and it's to really like train my nervous system and to really feel peace, even if I don't necessarily know how to understand it. Um, Mm. Right. Because a lot of times it's like when we don't have the words to explain, we start to get like fumbled. Right. And, and that happens to me too. In, in a small town where I currently live, there isn't very many people that are doing this work. So explaining that can really fumble me sometimes when I'm like met with a lot of resistance. Right. So my next level is really like being okay, even when things when you can't explain them and when there mm. is this fumbling when there is a lack of, of of words but how can I still trust um because as human beings we want to we want we always want to trust in like the physical right so mm. it's like how can I trust even deeper into the essence of this even though I might not always have the words to mm. explain it right
0: <laughs> we can listen back to this podcast and you definitely had all of the words coming through for you there so oh. thank you so much for sharing that it was super powerful. So where can people find you if they're wanting to connect with you if they're wanting to reach yeah. out? And is there anything that you would like to, to leave us with as we wrap up today?
1: Mm. Ooh, that's that's, that's a very open question. Um, <laughs> I think that I guess I'll, well, I will share where you can find me first. So um, I invite you to say hi, if you're listening to this and this resonated, and this is where once again, like you get to share and practice that vulnerability, Mm -hmm. of even if you've been listening to Emma's podcast for a while, right, like sharing, like, hey, I love this, like, but going deeper, right? So connect, um, you can find me on Instagram is the best place to like start, start a conversation. Um, my handle is Nikolina Adzik. So my first last name. Mm, that'll be in the show score. notes.
0: So people can to find that.
1: <laughs> Perfect. I also have a website. It's just NicolinaAdzik.com And I have a Facebook group where we go into a um, little bit more intimate conversations and that's called Embodied Essence. So you can find all of those, um, all of those places, reach out. And something that I'll leave you with is, like if what's coming through and it's once again, just tying everything back in and like your freedom and embodiment and self-expression is, you know, you are coded so uniquely. I know that, you know, these, sometimes these conversations can sound like something so out out there, (laughs) right? Oh Um, yeah. (laughs) You know, and, and for someone that's like, maybe not in this space and maybe doesn't follow astrology or, you know, all of these things, it might sound like oh, it's just a bunch of, you know, whatever. Um, (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Um, But when we really realize and when we once again, sit back and look at the complexity of life, look at the complexity of nature, look at the complexity, but yet like it's complex and yet streamlined so beautifully, Mm -hmm. Um, you know, air and energy and, um, you know, physics, right? Like, that is so magical and your like conception and your birth and all of that is nothing short of that. And I think when we really just let ourselves like immerse in that, that's where you really get to feel like, you know what, this is just, this is who I am And this like beating pulse and this beating heart, there, there is something here and it's unique. And, and there was so much at play and so many forces, um, right. At play went to to bring you here. And it's like, you know, um, if whatever whatever your faith is, whatever you believe in, and whatever your form of, you know, the God figure is, it's like when we really live in this capacity, it's almost like saying like thank you, right? Like it's it's doing it for in this like deep reverence for for this life. And that's what I would love to leave you with as like this like big permission slip, but more so than not a permission slip, because you don't need it from me. It's more of like a like a little gentle push, right? Um mm-hmm. to, to just like connect and and express from this like deep place of of who you are and just bringing it all to the table
0: Mm, what a beautiful message Mm. to leave us with thank you so much for coming yes. on today uh, thank you everyone for who has tuned in and got to this point in the episode because I always appreciate the <laughs> ones you make it to the end yes absolutely <laughs> you are fully embodied and here to to connect with us so thank you oh. uh, and thank you for coming on my love it's been such a yes. beautiful conversation and a pleasure having you
1: thank, thank you Emma you're a beautiful space holder your follow-up questions are amazing so I appreciate mm-hmm. you um, for guiding this conversation in such a beautiful way
0: thank you my love anyway see you all later Thank you. Thank you so much for tuning in today. We hope you feel even more expanded, connected, and inspired from today's conversation. Don't forget to leave us a review if you're listening on Apple or Spotify. And you can head to the show notes for even more ways to connect to our community. See you next week.